Hello and welcome to the Superposition Guys podcast. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is Daniel Voltz, co-founder and CEO of Kipu Quantum, a software company working to accelerate the delivery of Quantum Advantage. Daniel and I talk about what Daniel learned about Quantum at McKinsey and BASF, their optimized approach to Quantum algorithms, the expected timescale for Quantum Advantage, and much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, Daniel, and thank you for joining me today. Yuval, uh, very, uh, very glad to be with you today, and thanks for having me. So who are you and what do you do? I'm Daniel. Uh, I'm a chemist by training, recently turned CEO of a quantum computing startup, and uh, we actually want to bring early quantum advantage to industrial end users by being application-specific and hardware-specific. And in terms of background, I think that you were originally at McKinsey and then at Bosch um, doing some or a lot of quantum in both of these locations. What have you learned about the needs of users and quantum technology in your journey to Kipu Quantum? Um, yeah, so you're correct. I, 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 I worked with quantums in, in my past two jobs already at McKinsey and BASF, actually a large chemical company in Germany. Um, what did I learn? So I think the first learning, and this was mainly drawn out, drawn out at McKinsey already, where I looked at quantum in, in a cross-industry perspective, was mainly this massive economic potential. So back then, I've been looking at all the, all kinds of different industrial users with uh, from all from from very different um, industry verticals like finance, logistics, chemicals, of course, which is my home industry still pharmaceuticals, um, manufacturing, etc. And essentially, no matter where we looked, uh, you could really identify these disruptive use cases. And uh, from that point on, it was very clear that there is this massive value potential that quantum computing, if it becomes mature enough, can actually bring to these industry um, verticals. Um, what I learned at BISF specifically, where I built up the quantum effort uh, together with a great team of colleagues, is that the users are really incredibly diverse. So if you think about uh, all the different kinds of things you could do with quantum, um, at BSF alone, we found more, about 100 or so of different use cases. Uh, users have extremely diverse backgrounds. So I think this is always something to keep in mind. Of course, mostly they want they have a problem, they want it solved, but uh, this can be people doing controlling and uh, so just people with a bread and butter business background can also be theoretical chemists and in some cases even quantum physicists, which have been hired recently by a lot of the advanced users. So whatever product uh, comes online needs to needs to cater to these needs. And maybe a third uh, a third learning, and this was somewhat sobering uh, at, at BSF, is that uh, quantum advantage with all the, the conventional approaches is I think somewhat uh, somewhat out still because. Uh, there is still a lot of uh, work to be done, both on the hardware as well as the algorithm level to make this great potential a reality and to start actually doing something meaningful. I read the press release of your funding. Congratulations, by the way. And That's I think it mentions that uh, you're making a claim that you could deliver quantum advantage sooner. Uh, on one hand, I'm very happy to hear that, that quantum advantage could come sooner. And on the other hand, I'm very curious, how how can you do that? So if you look at today's hardware, um, 
We have, a, we have a number of qubits that depends on the system in the order of maybe a hundred if we're just considering gate-based quantum computing, give or take. Um, some some platforms less than a hundred. Uh, if we're adding annealing, we are in the thousands uh, more or less. Um, all of the conventional approaches, uh, if you're targeting towards uh, fault, uh, fully fault-tolerant quantum computing, you really need uh, a number north of a million qubits to do something meaningful um, because you want to, you will have, want to have error correction you want to, you will have that massive overhead of uh, physical qubits that are going to be um, busy forming logical qubits to essentially prevent th these error issues and uh, reason for that is that the current uh, quantum computers are as i said small and have also a lot of uh, a, a lot of noise yet um but we realized, and this is mainly the work of uh, one of my co-founders, uh, Enrique Solano, who is uh, a former professor with uh, more than two decades of research track record uh, in, in quantum computing, essentially, is that you can um, swing down these numbers and these requirements if you're actually um, hardware-specific. So what we are kind of sacrificing uh, in order to, to, to deliver on that claim is um, the, the notion of having a hardware agnostic algorithm. And this was more or less the talk of the town when we, when I started my own journey in quantum back in 2017, 2018. Everybody was claiming that hardware agnostic algorithms are the, are the thing to get. And if an industry users would have that, they can pay for it today and then they would just need to wait uh, until the hardware catches up and then they can essentially start solving problems. Um, we think that this is not going to work uh, because even if uh, the, the number of qubits is doubling every year, it's, it's still going to take a while until we are north of one million qubits. So that's 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 not something for the near term. And instead, um, our technology is essentially geared towards delivering algorithms that are very specific towards a certain problem and adjusted towards a specific hardware setup, a, a certain hardware machine actually to be precise. And with that, we can more or less cut away some of the overhead. We don't require um, error correction, and um, we can essentially start solving meaningful problems uh, much, much sooner than the fault-tolerant quantum computing paradigm. In this specific hardware that you mentioned, is it still a gate-based computer, or is it uh, an analog computer, or is it a quantum-inspired algorithm? What kind of hardware are you anticipating to run this on? So we are partnering up with the... Uh, with the hardware manufacturers working on gate-based quantum computing, um, the the technical one one of our two tech, uh, technical columns we're standing on is digital analog quantum computing. So it's essentially a mix between analog and uh, and digital quantum computing. We are using native gate operations. We are using analog building blocks uh, that, of course, require some more tinkering um, in our algorithms, but. Uh, we think that it's actually worth it because doing so really cuts away a lot of overhead. And uh, right now, um, hardware is great and there's super, super cool improvement uh, happening every year, essentially. But we are still limited by the numbers of gates we can run. And uh, saving there is, I think, uh, really worth it because it can bring quantum advantage uh, um, earlier towards present day. You mentioned chemistry, and I think VQE is one of the popular algorithms in chemistry. So if you take VQE and you make it, as you mentioned, hardware specific to a particular machine, how much of a savings can you get? Is it 10% uh, fewer gates? Is it 10 times fewer gates? What Can you give me an order of magnitude there? Well, that kind of depends on the problem. It can be several orders of magnitude, um, depending. 
think what's also relevant to, to understand is beyond the digital analog element, we have also something else which is called digitized counter-diabetic quantum computing. So that's that's more or less a, di a digital only compression tool, which uh, would take an algorithm like uh, like VQE, for instance, and, and, and again, cut away the number of required gate operations, as well as uh, lower the amount of, of classical pre-processing overhead to essentially get the, get, get the problem done. So it's, 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 it's really orders of magnitude. And if you translate this into how much sooner for an industry users, it's essentially many years, of course, depending on problem size and the, 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 the pace at which the hardware development is going to progress. Now, that reduction in the number of gates or the resources in general, is that done automatically? I'm, I'm thinking about the recent uh, Nature article where Alpha Tensor found a better way to multiply matrices. Is that the sort of work that you're doing, or is it more of manual adjustment to the algorithm and um, going in and say, well, if I have this hardware and this algorithm, then I can save a little bit here and, and a lot more there and so on? No, it's, I think uh, it, it's, it's more towards doing this in an automatic way. Of course, you could, if, you, if you would just work long enough with a given hardware setup, you could find uh, all kinds of ways, and people are doing this. This is also a valid effort. Uh, Unless we, we achieve quantum advantage as an industry, we, we need to, to squeeze out every optimization potential we can. But it's not about uh, tinkering and, and uh, squeezing out incremental advantages by, by cutting corners or by optimizing something by hand. It's more or less finding systematic ways of, uh, of doing so. And of course, uh, this requires uh, some sophisticated um, machine learning technology and uh, a, a lot of uh, proprietary techniques which essentially help us to do both our universal compression but also the the kind of mapping towards uh, analog building blocks and native gates in a in an um, in a more automized way you mentioned that BASF you recognized you realized that there are about a hundred different use cases that you found but earlier in our discussion we were talking about chemistry is your focus chemistry algorithms for now, or is it broader to other types of applications? So our technological columns are applicable to essentially every industry problem. So um, we did a lot of a lot of benchmarking work trying to find out where the limitations of the technology are. And of course, there are some problems here and there which don't lend themselves particularly well to our approach. But I would assume that the vast majority of fundamental problems can be solved uh, and, and simplified uh, and, and, and compressed using our technologies. Um, of course, as a chemist, uh, I, this industry vertical is particularly dear to my heart. So we think uh, that this is certainly something where we would like to start, but we are not limited to that. We also did some recent work on portfolio optimization, for instance, for the financial industry. And I think for, for us now, the question is, um, and that kind of, again, depends on the, on the use cases, since we are all, all, all about making, making stuff very specific. We want to look at different problems, working with different companies from chemicals, pharma, but also finance, logistics, manufacturing, to essentially identify where the compression potential of our technology uh, applied on the real problems is, is the biggest. And this, of course, will then tell us which of these uh, different use cases is um, is uh, is going to be the first to, to to help us achieve quantum advantage. And that's more or less what we what we are going to do right now. And um, the likelihood that this is in the that this is somehow related to chemistry is is reasonably high in my perspective. And I would like to see this because 
at the very beginning of my career, didn't mention that I also worked in a startup uh, using classical computing uh, to do material uh, modeling. I, I, I really enjoyed the benefits, but I also ran in, into some severe uh, issues because of the accuracy limitations when we were trying to find blue emitting materials. So I know that um, that these issues exist, and I would like it to. I would like to see it being chemicals for the first, uh, but could also be finance or machine learning or something entirely different. In one of the interviews that I read that you gave, you mentioned the GPU, the Graphic Processing Unit Playbook. What did you mean by that? I think the nice thing about GPUs uh, is that it's, it's, it is also a, a, a spirit where you are very, very efficient uh, in a way. So I think GPUs is about um, solving a problem which is also complex, like uh, like graphics rendering, essentially using small chip architectures. And of course, the rationale for GPUs is that smaller chips are more more inexpensive than larger ones. So you can make that you can make much much uh, more cost-efficient process if you're doing this kind of uh, mix-and-match approach and, and tailoring of chip architecture as well as algorithms towards the problem. I think in the quantum space, where we are, of course, still limited by the number of, of chip sizes in a way, uh, it's it's not so much about saving costs. It's about lowering that threshold uh, for solving real problems to the point where it more or less intersects with the hardware's abilities to deliver. So this is this is something which I really like. One last question on the technology. If if someone were to try to explain what you do, would it be correct to say that you're doing an optimizing compiler or a transpiler, or or would you say that your technology is a completely different type of uh, product? I think it's 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 a, it's a, a dual step. It's uh it's it certainly needs it certainly has this compression element, the so-called digitized counter-diabetic quantum computing that we are doing. But the compilation towards digital analog building blocks is certainly also there. So it's 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 more or less uh, both of these things, I would say. You mentioned compressing the time to quantum advantage. So the obvious question is, well, how soon? How soon can a customer expect? To, to get some quantum advantage when working with you? I think the time for that is, uh, in the, again, depends on the hardware development, of course. But if I'm looking at the current roadmaps, uh, I think there are three front-running technologies, superconducting, quantum computers, iron traps, as well as now recently the neutral atoms or the cold atoms, which have been emerging. Um, if, if at least a fraction of those roadmaps manifest themselves, that I think we can target quantum advantage for first isolated problems, not broad quantum advantage, but first isolated problems in the order of three to five years. So that's our current assumption. If the uh, hardware development roadmaps uh, hold and if our compression uh, also holds uh, um, the, the same way it, it, it has been performing on, on the smaller problem sizes and, of course, the smaller quantum hardware that we've been testing it on. And because this is hardware specific, have you decided on what technology or vendor you're going to focus on? Or are you at the moment working on multiple versions at the same time? We are working at, on multiple versions. Um, we think that um, apart from, of course, there will be one player who, who will uh, have a hardware platform that is good enough uh, first. There always has to be a winner in a race. But we think that there will also be a um, a mix and match between hardware types and uh, and and problems at the end of the day. 
because some paradigms like like ion traps offer very cool um, also all connectivity and there are certain mathematical problems uh, that then that let uh, that lend themselves very well towards that specific uh, capability there are other problems where you where where the all to all connectivity is maybe more of a nice to have and not used to the fullest extent so we think that there will be um platforms uh that will be good using our technology for some platform for some kind of problems and others uh, for other kinds of problems so i I'm not, i don't believe that it, that it will be like a win one one winner takes it all kind of market from the hardware perspective it's going to be a, a portfolio or it's going to be a number of hardware players in the in the next few years claiming quantum advantage uh, with our help essentially uh, hopefully and um problem specific always if you would tell me a little bit about the company, how how large is the company, and how would uh, customers work with you? Is it the product that they buy and then use, or is it more of a project based uh, at this time? So, um, as you alluded to, I didn't tell this yet, but we recently closed the three million pre-seed round, three million euro pre-seed round. Um, always need to say the currency in times of high inflation and especially a very weak euro, but. Um, we have now full coffers and uh, essentially um, with that already put together a team of 10 FTE essentially. Um, of course, a lot of physicists in the, in, in the team, um, some, some full stack software developers, some application um, domain experts, uh, um, some operations uh, professionals with a lot of track record to essentially build the organization. Um, we want to grow, of course, uh, some fur uh, further than that. Um, and we are already working with first customers. Uh, as you can imagine, or as I already said, quantum advantage, even with our technology, is about three to five years out. So we don't we don't claim that we can solve meaningful problems as of today. So it's it's more or less um, project uh, related uh, business model at this point. We think that very soon, um, as soon as it becomes more apparent which specific hardware platform. Uh, and which specific problem type it's going to be, we are going to quickly turn our full stack developer that is already on board in, into turning this into a, a scalable problem, a scalable product with a kind of enterprise uh, software business model. But for now, it's project based. Our 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 favorite customers, maybe to add to add that, is I think the the companies who already work with quantum computing. So we are less interested in kind of. Uh, convincing novices, uh, companies who never worked in quantum uh, before to, to just test it. I think there's already a very vital ecosystem with a lot of companies who do this in a particularly well. I mean, I did this myself in, early, in, in, in earlier days at McKinsey, but uh, that's not, not, not the target customers we are, we, we are approaching. We more or less want to work with uh, the, the, the front runners that, that have been emerging, which have already quantum teams on the ground, which have the capability to know what their use cases are, where we don't need to convince anybody that, that this is valuable and they have a clear understanding about use cases, because this helps us, of course, to have um, also clear counterparts in these organizations which can tell us this focus on this use case. For this, we would appreciate an application and hardware-specific solution and um, then essentially work jointly on this. And speaking of customers in various stages of their quantum journey, have you seen customers that are disappointed that maybe were uh, believed too much of the hype and tried something, didn't work for them, and now they said, oh, now we're going to 
put it aside for a few years? Or are most customers still in the haven't tried quantum or working on quantum right now? I think it's a little bit in between. So um, I can attest that there are a lot of customers who have been disappointed by overpromising from the ecosystem. So that, I mean, of course, back then the, the the expectation was maybe a little bit driven by overhypes some some years back that there would be not a doubling, but I don't know five or tenfold improvement or further leapfrogging in the in the number of of qubits that we would have. Um, that didn't happen. It's it's still a healthy pace, but uh, of course, no miracles happened in the past three four years. And uh, some some customers were led to believe that a miracle would occur, which, which didn't. Um, I didn't see so far that a lot of customers gave up on quantum, mainly because um, there's uh, there's still this massive opportunity. Uh, um, the carrot is still big and juicy in a way. So that didn't happen in, 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 to my understanding. But of course, people are now more weary. So, um, and I think this is also good because it kind of helps to uh, to avoid hype if, if customers don't jump uh, into the arms of uh, Everybody claiming miracles in, in in a quarter or two. Customers are more critical, which is good. Uh, some disappointed with past progress, but I've I've not seen anybody give up on quantum uh, at, at this point in time. Not quite yet. And as we get close to the end of our conversation today, uh, you are based in Berlin or uh, two cities in Germany. Where where is the company based? Yes, so the official headquarter uh, is in Karlsruhe, Germany, which is um, about an hour south of Frankfurt. And um, we have a, we have a second hub in Berlin. Um, of course, the tech team is extremely international uh, at, at this point, and um, of course, for that we wanted to pick the most international city, uh, which is uh, in uh, inarguably Berlin in Germany. So this is where the tech team is is, is located, and the commercial activity is mainly driven out of Karlsruhe, which in my in my humble opinion has. Uh, much better weather and climate compared to Berlin, which is terrible uh, during winter times. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about the work that you're doing? Um, I guess an email is, uh, is is the best way to reach me. Uh, um, first name dot last name at keyboard minus quantum dot com. So feel free to get in touch, and uh, if you want to, if, if you're interested to learn more about Kipu or uh, what the kind of things we can do. Again, we are we are not fully loaded yet regarding customers, and we are still hiring. So if you if you feel that you are uh, you, you are either a quantum scientist or a software developer or business uh, professional with a cool background, and you want to make quantum advantage a reality by being application and hardware specific, please be in touch. And I think the same goes out for all for all mature quantum users who are feeling that pain of disappointment because. Uh, Promises have not been made, and who still want to give quantum another shot. So these these customers, of course, also more than welcome to reach out. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Yuval. It was a pleasure.